Hello, hello, it's Brooke Navard, and you are listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I hope everyone is well and easing into summer. I have had so much going on at my house. We completed our inside renovation, like the floors and painting all of the walls and doing our kitchen and two bathrooms. But now it's the exterior renovation that's happening, which is like this whole other bucket of work. So we're like painting the exterior walls. We are doing planting and landscaping. Oh my goodness. Planting and landscaping is like this whole other world. I feel like I know so much more than I did even a week ago about jasmine and bougainvillea and what grows well in the California climate. But I'm really excited to create these kind of outdoor oases where I can relax and reset. I've said this before. I feel like I'm repeating this every week. I just love being outside. There is something that the fresh air does for me and my creativity and just my overall well-being that just cannot be duplicated. One of the solo episodes that I do want to work on for you guys soon is about how to create your own mini self-care station outside. You just need like a hat. If you have an umbrella outside, that's great, but sun protection is always key. But I really do believe that having a quiet area that you can sit in outside and get a little work done or do a little journaling is a very powerful thing. Now, in today's discussion, you were going to hear from the great Julie Schott, who is one, just extremely cool. She was the beauty director at Elle and she has this background in journalism, but you probably know her if you follow the skincare world at all or the beauty world as the co-founder of Starface. She also has a new venture called Julie that I am completely fascinated by and we get into it in this conversation, but it's really amazing to talk to someone who has taken an idea in their head and again, made it a product that people can have in their hands. But also I think what sets Julie apart, I get a lot of pitches, you know, this is the behind the scenes of the show. A lot of founders want to come on the podcast, which of course, right? A podcast is a great opportunity to tell your story, but I rarely feel moved to have founders on the show only because I think that in the beauty and skincare space today, there are only a handful of people that are doing things that are truly innovative and groundbreaking and haven't been done before. And not to say that pimple patches haven't been made before, but I think that one of the things that stands out to me about Starface and the work that they're doing is kind of removing stigma around acne and making it this cool thing to decorate or celebrate. And I look at the way that Gen Z has really wholeheartedly embraced pimple patches as a way to decorate their face. Whereas when I first started using pimple patches, patches, I was looking for the most like clear, invisible, can't be seen options on the market. There's something very cool about having something that decorates your face and enhances your look and you can coordinate with your outfit. Julie is also someone, Julie and Chloe. Chloe works with Julie as well, and she was there for our recording. But it's also just really nice to have peers that you can chat beauty stuff with. Like I'm always like texting them things and sending them little videos or we'll see each other at a party and we just immediately start talking about, oh, did you see this marketing campaign? Did you see what this brand is doing? And sometimes I forget that these people that I know casually and talk to and chat with are also running these like major, major companies with employees and a long-term vision and thinking about profits. So Julie's really doing the work and I was excited to be able to interview her in the capacity of understanding how she set up her business and how she's finding it and what she's paying attention to in this space. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy the conversation. Also another exciting update, I'm launching YouTube. That is actually finally happening. The Naked Beauty team is slowly growing, but I'm still looking for video editors, people that have experience creating short form content, someone who can take a full hour long conversation and put together clips that we can share on social. If that sounds like something that you have experience in and you want to help the Naked Beauty team and join us, please email me your resume at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com. You can put in the subject line whether you're interested in an internship where you just want to help out on the show. Or if you're interested in video editing work, please just put that in the subject line. I'm always so humbled by the breadth and experience of talent that comes forward whenever I make a call for help on the show. So thank you guys so much for that. I think you're going to really love this conversation. Let's get into my chat with Julie. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, 
eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Julie Schott, welcome to Naked Beauty. Thank you for having me. Very excited for you to be here. I feel like you're one of the real like beauty girls in LA. I was very honored to get the invite because this is a legit beauty podcast. <laughs> well, and you're a legit <laughs> beauty force within the industry and also beauty lover, right? I am. Yeah, forever. Yes. Lifelong beauty lover. Now, what are you most into? Skincare, hair care, or makeup? I think my hierarchy is probably skin, makeup, hair. I'm newly okay. into hair care from having red hair now. Yes, I was going to say your hair but, color looks gorgeous. Thank you. So I'm newly a hair girl, but before it was very whatever's in the shower. But skincare has always been the consistent. Oh, yeah. Skincare has always been number one. Yes. Since I was a kid, probably. Amazing. Well, I want to hear all about your life growing up and your early exposure to beauty. Like, were you into beauty as a young child? I fully was. I fully was a collector and a mall kid. I remember going to the Mac store and buying Mac lip glass and the Spice Liner and the makeup that came in the compact, the compact, the full coverage that you would sponge on. So I always loved makeup and And like the coal eyeliner. Oh my God. Liner in the waterline, which I'm probably wearing right now too, because it all comes back around back and it's such a vibe. But yeah, we were wearing a lot of makeup, like in seventh grade looking back. Oh yeah. I loved it. (laughs) And, and the like polo girl fragrance, like, yes, it was a hundred percent part of who I was always. And you have a background as a beauty editor. Yeah. How did you find yourself in that career? I found my way to the beauty closet of L print edition, sort of by accident. I was going to art school in New York and I was interning at magazines and everyone wanted to be in the fashion closet at those magazines. Yeah. And there was like a lot of kids and we were all trying to find a place. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. Like, I'm going to go over to the beauty closet. No one was there. No one. This is pre into the gloss. So there wasn't like the hype around, like there was all this La Mer on the shelf and like no one cared. Right. Isn't it funny that beauty kind of used to be like the stepchild and now beauty is everything. Now it's everything, but it was, it was cool to watch the kind of switch over. So I found a little place for myself there and I just wrote it out until I I graduated and I thought, oh, I'm definitely going to get a job at one of these magazines. Like, of course I will. And I did not like I, I, no one hired me. I did all the edit tests and I didn't get a job. And, and I ended up being a copywriter and a ghostwriter for a PR agency. What does that entail? So I sat in a cubicle and the PR girls would come over and be like, I need a press release for this right now in 15 minutes. And then their chat GPT. I was their chat GPT. And then sometimes sometimes the fun things would come in. They'd be like, you need to write the dialogue for a commercial for a fragrance. And I wrote one for Chloe and Lamar. And that was kind of my... And like it was in the commercial? It was in the commercial. And you were being paid, what, like $12? Oh, yeah. I think the fragrance is called like Endless Love or something like that. Wow. Yeah. A story about endless love. But so it was a a fun and weird entry into beauty writing. Yeah. Now, what did you study in art school? I studied creative writing. There was a creative writing program. It was just for me kind of an entry point to writing for magazines and what became writing online. Yes. Yeah. So if you weren't the entrepreneur that you are today, would you be a writer? I think so. I mean, I was a writer. Yeah. I think I would. Yeah. It was kind of all I knew how to do. So how did you find yourself at ExoJane? First, I was a fan. I remember when it launched, I was in my cubicle at the PR office and I was like, refresh, refresh, reading it every day. Yep. Uh, there was run, one writer who I'd interned before. You know, we still stayed in touch and... One day I was just like, I fucking hate this job. Can I just be your assistant? Like, I don't care. I'll just, I'll, I'll do whatever. And I quit the PR job and I showed up at the ExoJane office and I don't really think that she had run it by anyone. And then I worked there. Were you there in the Kat Marnell era? Kat Marnell was that person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, wait, how did I not know this about you? So you worked for Kat Marnell. 
I worked for Kat Marnell. I still think she's the best beauty writer. Oh, I'm fully obsessed. Like for for young people listening to this, go back and read Kat Marnell's beauty journalism because it was just such a masterclass in how to weave in personal narrative with actual, because the product reviews were there. She'll be like, I stayed up until 5 a.m. and I haven't washed my face in three days and this eyeliner still hasn't moved. And that's how we knew it worked. But then she would tell you the whole story of her night. And she, I think she invented that genre. Mm. And then- all these other writers kind of came in and and like riffed on it and it expanded into different topics. But the beauty personal essay is such a Kat Marnell original. Now, when you started writing, you were getting lots of kind of comments and engagement um, from the stuff that you were writing. Was it mostly about skincare? So the thing at that site was every single day you need to post and you need to post about your life. And that was what was going on in my life. Like I was probably 22 years old and I had a full face of acne, even though finally I had accessed all these products. I had access to dermatologists and products because I was like, oh, I'm the beauty assistant. And my skin was fully broken out. One of my first days at work, I was wearing like a baseball cap because I had to go to a dinner. And I thought, oh, the baseball cap will hide my skin that I'm embarrassed of. And as soon as I started writing about it and talking to other people in the comments, that's when I started to feel better. It wasn't like, oh, I used this product and I felt better. Like Mm -hmm. just being like, this is what I look like. This is what's going on. And other people being like, me too. Yeah. We all just like felt better. It like took, it took the weight out of it. Absolutely. And I think the thing that's interesting about acne is there's this assumption sometimes that you're doing something wrong or you're just not using the right products or like that you are somehow personally responsible for your acne. When in reality, and I'm sure you've done a lot more research about this than I have, it's something that just happens. Oh, 100%. Like there's a reason why 95% of people will experience acne. And that's why I love when you see someone like a Justin Bieber, you're like, this person has access to everything. If right. this person has a breakout, like I can have a breakout. I know Justin Bieber was wearing one of the star face patches. Does your team like do celebrity seating? Like, do you have a whole gifting strategy where you make sure that these people get your product and then if they wear it, they wear it? Or is it like even more intentional where it's like a request? How does that all work? It's different for everyone. Okay. We do have a really cool like internal seating ecosystem, but then sometimes, or a lot of the time you see people wearing it and I'll message like Kenya, who does our seating. And I'm like, you seated them? And she's like, no. <laughs> and so half the time it's like, did that person go to Target? Okay. Right. So when did you get the initial idea for Starface? I mean, I would say it was like 2016 or something. Started seeing pimple patches. They weren't yet an item that was readily available in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, more could, in Asia, right? More, yeah, more in the Asian market. And I got to travel a few times, you know, to some of those places for, for work. And it was a good opportunity to kind of observe. And pimple patches just seemed like, holy shit, why is this not available in the US this way? Like, right. this is such a cool product. It's cheap. It's effective. It's really low risk. It's really visual. It's really instant gratification. Like, why isn't this here? You know, all the pimple patches were super, um, the goal was to be invisible. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like if there was something decorative and fun, I don't know, that's what I wanted. I, I thought it would be a better experience or just right. a more, not better. They're, they're both cool, but you know, a conversation piece, an accessory. Right. Um, it's never really invisible. It's never really, I mean, <laughs> like, especially depending on your complexion, like right. it's not, it's not necessarily invisible. So with a pimple, especially when you're a young person, I think there's this tendency to be like, oh, I'm breaking out right now. Like you want to say it first yeah. before someone else notices and thinks mm. like, so with the decorative patch, it's kind of just like, yeah, I, I've I've got like stars on my face. I've got crystals on my face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that was, that was just how it came about in my head. So where are you now at this point when you have the idea? Still writing, writing at that point at L.com writing and like, you know, that style of writing had kind of evolved and it was still, I think for me, like the intersection of culture and beauty and what it all means and like what the choices we make mean. But at the same time, it's a lot of products, it's a lot of market, market editor stuff, yeah. roundups. I mean, you know, this stuff like, but still not seeing any change in the acne category because this was the time when really cool brands were launching, yes. you know, in other categories. Like, what cool brands were launching? Like I remember when Fenty launched, like remember in oh, a pre-Fenty world, we were like, Rihanna's going to make a foundation line. There's going to be 40 shades. Kylie Lip Kit, like it was a big deal at the time. Now, what though made you, because now you have successful companies and you've been able to raise millions of dollars and, you know, you have teams and all of these amazing products that you can buy. Is, is it global yet? Some of them are. Yeah. Starface is in the UK um, and Canada. <laughs> I mean, but like you are now really doing it as a business. I would imagine that 
a lot of editors probably feel, or people, just anyone who hasn't had that like business background, feel reticent to be like, okay, I am able to basically launch a company. What gave you that, I don't know, inner knowing to say, I can do this? I think you only get to feel this like blind confidence once (laughs) because before you do something for the first time, you're like, no, it's the best. Like I didn't have any data. And I was like, everyone's going to want this. Right. We would go to the manufacturers and they'd be like, yeah, we can't make a star. We can make a circle if you want. (laughs) And I'm like, it needs to be a star. Like, but the second time you do something, then you're like, we need data. We should probably yeah. like find out if there's a market. But I think the first time you're just like confident. No, I swear it's going to work. Yeah. And I met my business partner, Brian. We were introduced by his then girlfriend, now wife. And it was kind of by accident. I was just like flailing. And she said, I'm dating this guy who is an entrepreneur. This might be helpful. Yeah. So what's his background? He had worked in startups. He knew how to structure it. I, I think it was just a really good balance of we both trust each other to do what we do. Yeah. And and that was also kind of like an intuitive blind trust that we got lucky on because we very quickly like moved into doing this and luckily they got married and I married them because otherwise that would be awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but also lots of times like co-founder relationships don't work and. Oh, totally. Yeah. You could have had like a bad breakup, but I know ended up working out. Yeah. Luckily no bad co-founder breakups. Thank God. Knock on wood. So talk to me about that first year, like running the business as a startup. Yeah. Where did you start? Oh my God. Well, we launched D2C with one SKU. Again, not knowing anything. It's tough to launch with one SKU because the customer buys it and then they might not buy it again until they need to replenish. Right. So that wasn't something we necessarily thought about. You're going to find lots of issues that you want to work out immediately. Maybe you want to change manufacturers or you just learn things like overnight that you couldn't have known pre-launch. So that first year was really interesting. And one thing that kind of changed the narrative for us was TikTok in the US. It was actually Brian who said, there's this app, TikTok, it seems it seems kind of interesting. Do you think that you could go viral there? Could you just do that? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> And so we just, we got there really early. I think we were one of the first brands to, to start. Oh, wow. So this is what, 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Pre-pandemic or? Pre-pandemic. You know, when you get to a platform early and the platform works out, you get to build with the first generation of creators. So we're there and we're building with like that first, first generation of TikTok creators, seeding them before they have their own brands or brand deals. And it was just like, we kind of had a chance to come up together in a way. I mean, obviously different different paths, but yeah. You know, I think the other important thing to say though, is you can go viral, but also you have to have a great product and Starface works and it's a great (laughs) product. What is it about pimple patches in general first that work? Like the, just the science behind like why it's good to cover them and what it does, but then also what makes Starface unique because you you delved into very, when I got the new pack, I was like, Ooh, like we've gone beyond just covering or now treating. So yeah, they've evolved for sure. And I think, I think there's a lot of different use cases, Mm -hmm. like even amongst our customers, Customers, you know, there's there's the wearer who just wears them at night. There's the wearer who wears them at night and then to school or to work. And I think some people want to cover any type of spot that they notice so they don't pick. The not picking is so key to like not introducing bacteria and the healing happens quicker when you just leave it alone because I think we all know what it feels like to like when you see the pus, you're like, I will do anything to pop this. But if you can't see it, it's so like for me personally, I was such a such a picker. Like I'll go in there with a needle if I don't have um, (laughs) a needle. Wow. Yeah. yeah, But that that like I see it, it's right at the surface. If I just, but it never works. Like it unless never you're works. an esthetician or a, you know professional. Even then, I've had yeah. extractions that have left dark marks. You just have to leave it alone. You have to leave it alone. Your skin will heal. Yes. And yeah, I think I I think that you know just the protection and the absorption of the fluid. Yes. And it's so it's a hydra. I can never pronounce this hydrocolloid. Hydrocolloid patch. Which is like a medical thing. Yeah, it's just a medical dressing. And it just kind of like brings moisture to the surface. Like what's happening under the patch? Yeah, it's it's absorbing the fluid that's in the pimple. So some people do like to like poke a little hole in the you know, surface. Yeah, just to really of. absorb it. I'm pointing to this over and over because I have one right here. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that it's like it's satisfying. It works on all skin types, which I think mm. is really important. It's like there are very few items in skincare that are that universal, I think. So true. So true. And then your newer kind of pimple patches also have like treatments in them, correct? Yeah. So we put out the salicylic acid one a little while ago and people love salicylic acid. And then we made a bigger one that's like in the shape of a sticker that you would have on a fruit. Yeah. Because like for your butt acne in the summer, it's like a cute, oh. make your butt look 
like a fruit. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. That's cute. I was using one and my son came in and he's now obsessed and he like wants them every day. Oh, I love hearing that. Kids love them. I mean, not that kids have acne, but it's like, you know what it is? It's like this reminder that growing up, we love stickers. Yeah, right? they're fun. Of course, you would want stickers on your face, but then somehow you like become an adult and like learn that that's not like acceptable. But it is cool to like have stickers on your face. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> makes me happy to see adults wear them. And especially I see a lot of baristas wearing them. And I think that's because you're interfacing with so many people. And whenever you're wearing a patch, you're probably going to get a compliment or at least a conversation. And like that can kind of break the ice a little bit when you're in that like high touch yeah. environment at work. Yeah. Now, my husband, who doesn't really know about this stuff, he would see people with star face patches on, but he did not know that it was treating acne. He just thought it was like a thing. That's cool too. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to announce it to the world if you don't want to. Yes. It could just be decorative. So star face launches, you, you're kind of going viral on TikTok. You're growing with these creators. When do you realize, okay, I can develop more products and I can extend myself beyond just the pimple patches? Within the star face line or uh, so outside of? Outside of the star face line? When do you start to launch new brands? Yeah, we started, Brian is a very energetic person <laughs> and we both have a lot of ideas. So we did that pretty immediately. Like acne was a Trojan horse to just talk about growing up and like being a teenager and what that was specifically like when we were teenagers. And it's different for every generation. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, creating products that speak to really universal experiences was always just our thing. So we kind of just went from there. Yeah. And did you kind of assess like the market opportunity? I know. I mean, yes and no. Like, yes and no. Yeah. There's got to be like a purpose to yeah. bring something into the world. Um, but yeah, I think just kind of like, what is that? What is that life cycle? Like what comes next? What comes next after you're a teenager? What are the other things you're experiencing? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Talk to me about Get Julie. Yes. So Julie is a, an emergency contraceptive. Um, it's a leave on gestural, which is the same emergency contraceptive that you might see on the shelf from other brands that like you might plan be, B. that you might be familiar with. Yeah. Um, and something that was really interesting to us was we found out that up to 50% of pregnancies in the U S are mistimed or unwanted. Mm -hmm. And that just felt really high. Um, and we thought there are so many, there, there are still so many options available, even though some options are now less available. Like where's the conversation? Because I think there's this drug on shelf, but we, we did a bunch of focus groups and studies and the user didn't know, um, necessarily what the drug did. And there were so many misconceptions around a, what it does, how many times you can take it, who can get it, what States you can get it. And we were just like, why is this so smoke and mirrors? Like right. it's available at every pharmacy. But like it is, but it's kind of is, you know, it's like you have to like go and ask. And I think a lot of people, when you are in a position to like get a, I'll just use the like morning after pill term, there's usually some shame there, right? So like you maybe don't want to like go and have that conversation or ask a lot of questions. It's just kind of like you go in with like your hat on and like leave. Yeah. So that's what we, that's what we like knew the experience had, had been and thought it would be possible to kind of create a new experience for the next generation, which oftentimes, you know, influences like our age, millennials, et cetera. So like yeah. if Gen Z is having one experience that can kind of, you know, millennials are going to notice that and so forth with future generations. But even seeing the way the box shows up on shelf and the name, I've heard so many people say like, oh, this is so discreet. I don't feel embarrassed. Yeah. Um, this could be anything. Because yes. some people, you know, if you think about like the landscape in the U.S., let's say Walmart is your closest store and you live in a town where you're always going to see somebody that you know, like you might not want to, you might not want to go to the <laughs> totally. checkout in that, in that moment. But yeah, I think just educating around, uh, around the morning after pill and how available it is. Now, obviously your name is Julie. My name is Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the decision to call it Julie, what was that? Yeah, I think, uh, so we wanted, we wanted something that did feel like super accessible and non-threatening. Um, and I'm originally from the Midwest and I remember asking my parents, like, why did you choose Julie? And they said, because it was non-pretentious or because it was unpretentious. And I was yeah. like, that is so Midwestern of you. <laughs> like they didn't want it to be cool or chic yeah, or yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. And, and Julie just felt really invite. And now I feel like I'm like talking about my own name, but, uh, inviting and non-threatening. So like 
this idea of your friend with benefits is like, yeah, that's Julie. She's your friend. I mean, I think the common thread between the two products is like you're taking away shame and stigma from these things that should not be stigmatized and you should not feel shame over and kind of like reclaiming them and allowing the person that's like participating in whether it's taking the emergency contraceptive or covering up their acne to feel some agency over their situation. A hundred percent hope that that's what we're doing. And I think if young people have only the positive experience, then that's how the change happens. So if you're, you know, 17 years old, maybe you never have to have a bad experience buying the morning after pill. I mean, I think what you're doing in the industry is so interesting. Do you feel like there are other interesting brands? Like are there other brands that you look at and you think like, oh, they're doing a cool, like they're doing interesting. Oh yeah. So many brands. I mean, I have these conversations every day, whether it's like with my co-founders or with my team, because it's an exciting time. There's a lot of newness. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Like there's more Uh, newness than ever? Newness. Yes. Exciting. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm curious what's exciting to you as well, because you see so much also. It's exciting to me. I've had a whole kind of education this past month and my listeners know because I've been talking about it around sustainability, mm-hmm. like waterless yeah. products. I'm like very interested by concentrate products. I'm very interested by like, I think Everest is a really fascinating brand. They do mm-hmm. body wash. And I mean, it's a lot of what you were doing with Plus, um, yeah. which, you know, there's just so much waste in the beauty industry. Oh, yeah. And so I think what I get most excited about are people that are like basically creating sustainable options that don't feel like you're making a sacrifice, that don't feel like less than like, oh, I'm using this like crunchy granola. That was like the revolution that happened with clean, clean makeup, right? It was yeah. like people like were so excited about Kosas because it was like, I can wear makeup that has good ingredients, but I don't have to buy it at Whole Foods. So that's what I'm excited about. What are you excited about? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm excited when people do something differently. Um, I think in beauty and skincare, sometimes like you get caught in a, in a trend cycle. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's like real newness going on, Mm -hmm. starting a different conversation, you know, there's like a interesting group of, I think founders who like, it's, it's like you come up together Mm -hmm. and I really love what do is doing with skincare. I think their approach is super thoughtful, Absolutely, you know, just their approach to transparency. Absolutely. Price transparency, ingredient transparency, all of the things that I think customers, I think for so often customers have been talked down to, you know, it's like, oh, you don't, you don't need to worry. You don't need right. to worry about it's our like pricing. Condescending. Or, yeah. yeah. Like, just buy this cream because it's great. <laughs> but I love that Do takes that time to do education. Yeah. So do I. Because I think, again, they they kind of were the first that I've seen to do that. It's yeah. risky too, to be like, this is the cost. It's, it's a, I think it's a cool choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other kind of brands that you're excited about, or you feel like are doing interesting things in the space, either from like a mark, cause I feel like you're marketing. I mean, the, the Julie ad that I saw about like, not, are you not ready to be like a mommy influencer? What was the wording? That's one of the, honestly, one of my most favorite things to do is those out of home campaigns, because especially living in LA, like the yeah. driving culture, the billboards are like you're watching TV almost like yes. you're going down sunset or something. Yes. So the idea of not being not being ready to be a mommy influencer is like actually very real to many of us in <laughs> LA or Miami or, you know, yeah. these cities. And I think with Julie, it's just like being able to laugh at this experience because it in in many ways, like there's humor to be found. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did another ad with two two women at the shelf, like riffing back and forth on like why the dude that they're dating or just hooked up with is like not someone you're gonna have a kid with. Yeah. Like he's a DJ. He's a DJ <laughs> in the metaverse. Like right. it's just we can all relate. That's right. relatable. Yes, absolutely. As a beauty lover, I need to we need to get into your favorite products. We need to get into your favorite skincare. Like what are the products that you like live and die for. Yeah, no. And I still feel like very much always an editor where I'm like, yeah. there's a new thing and yeah, I want to try okay. it and um, want to know. Yeah, everything. And also I think it's important to always be testing things and just. That's what I say. Yeah. I'm like, it's my job. I've got to like get all this, stuff. I've, all this stuff. I love it. And I'm a hoarder. Like I'm moving right now and I have like a special bin of like special things that we can't open oh, like because they're like a one-time launch or whatever it is. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I wear different hydro stars every day. And a lot of the time I wear ones that like either we're testing or aren't out or maybe like won't come out okay. because I just, you know, there's different reasons why like you don't make something necessarily, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of a lot of like weird ones that I like to wear very much 
like our future wise that we launched, which we haven't talked about yet, but um, it's a slugging system that's available at Target. It's a three-step system. There's a mist and a moisturizer and a balm. And I just, misting is so satisfying. Yes, but it's also like your skin needs hydration throughout the day. The same way we need to drink water throughout the day. I feel like you're like a plant. Like you're just, so I'd missed that before and after, like especially after makeup, just to like Mm -hmm. kind of give it that fresh feeling. And the moisturizer is really, really good. And then fragrance is like a really big thing for me. I feel like, you know, when you hug someone, you're like, that person smells so good. Like the way people would always be like, Rihanna smells so good. Like, isn't that the best compliment to get? It's the best compliment to get. But I also saw a video of her applying fragrance and I was like, oh, I understand. She was like, was it just, I do like a two pump. Yeah. What are you doing? I do a cloud and walk into it. Oh, a cloud and walk in. Yeah. Do you, that makes more sense. I don't sense. know. I'm you probably kind of like wasting settle it. settle into your hair, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So what fragrance do you love? So I'm always switching them and cycling them and yeah. have so many, but I love all the dead cool ones. Yeah. And you, so all their fragrances and the laundry detergent, but only with like nice stuff. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it with like the dog's towels. <laughs> and I got this really cool one from Air Milkshake called Our Side. I think the brand is called Our yes. Side. Dusk. Oh my Isn't God. it so good? There's dusk, Nostalgia. And I can't remember the other one, but yeah, our side, so unique. So good. I think with fragrance, it's like sometimes they reach a point, like we all remember like the Santal where everyone smells the same, which is good for them. That's very cool. The Lava Santal, yep. But yeah, our side is so good. And then I still like to mix in like the Killian ones just when you're like, I want to smell like Yeah, and Killian lasts. Yes. It lasts and like people are going to smell your fragrance. I find that some of these like kind of like newer, cooler, like I love it, but it's like a little, it's like kind of subtle. They call Mm -hmm. it a skin scent. And then when I want when I really want to like bring it, I'm going to go for Killian. Yes. Killian's when you want to walk in the room and be like, yeah. So what, which Killian sense do you like? Oh my God. What is love? Don't be shy. Um, good girl gone bad. The names kind of make me cringe. The the names are crazy. Like, yeah. (laughs) Good girl gone bad. It's insane. But sometimes like that's just the mood you're in. Especially I like to do it if I'm like not wearing a good look, if I'm like in sweatpants or something, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to smell really statement-y expensive. Interesting. Now talk to me about your hair journey. Oh yeah. Decision to go red. I I mean, it really suits you. It looks gorgeous. Thank you. you. You've got green eyes. Yeah. So I feel like it really works. What inspired Thank you. Okay. So Chloe and I had the chance to go to Bleach London. Oh, cool. And yeah, Charmed. Well, so that's like legacy, like Charmed. Do you know Charmadine yeah. Reed? Yes. Yeah. So, and I met Alex, the founder, probably 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I remember writing like a print story about her. Oh, wow. And so- and like all this time has passed, whatever. And she was out in LA hosting this thing. And it was one of these things where you think you're going to walk in and just get like a blow blowout or something. Or and like, then you got and, I, and they're like, we can, she was like, we can do whatever you want. I was like, can we just like fully go red? And then three hours later, yeah, uh-huh. we're here. But your natural hair is quite dark. So they didn't have to bleach it first to make it red. That's what I thought was so crazy. So I have very, very dark brown hair. Yeah. And they were able to get this. Well, we went red again, but we, we were able to get fully red um, just with their permanent color. Wow. Yeah. And what's maintenance like now? Because I feel like when, once your hair is colored, you, there's like a whole different maintenance game. Yeah, I should probably be doing more. <laughs> I'm my, my hairstylist friend was like, you need to take a cold. She had just cut my hair. She was like, you need to take a cold shower. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm not taking a cold oh, shower. to Cause, like cause close it, the cuticle. Yeah, because the heat opens the cuticle. No one's um, doing that. I'm not taking a cold shower. Anyway, but there's a, I use like, I just use all the bleach London products now. Like okay. there's a, there's like a thing, it's called awkward peach okay. and it deposits the color. And then there's a mask and I cover my head to sleep because there is like some transferring that goes on. What do you cover your hair with? I got something at Ulta. Like it's probably for black women. It, pro- it probably is. Yeah. yeah. But it does, it does yeah. the job. I mean, yeah. I, I put our friend Abigail on to wrapping her hair at night and she like put on the bonnet. She was like, oh my gosh, my hair is so good. Why it's, wasn't I doing this before? And I'm like, see, this is why we <laughs> need to share beauty across culture. Exactly. Because actually things are more universal than maybe people absolutely. think. Absolutely. Now, what treatments are you into? Like for skin? Anything. Anything. I, I am a laser person. Okay. I'm like so desperate to get into laser. I know. I heard your laser episode. I know. I really want to get into it, but I don't know who to go to. You have to help guide okay. me in LA. I like to get clear and brilliant because it's like probably the entry level laser. Yeah, you have great skin. Thank you. I mean, you have great skin. That's we'll nice. just go back and forth. You have great skin. <laughs> when I was younger and a beauty editor, I did a lot of stuff. It was all available. I was like, you know, getting Botox at 24. Isn't that just... I mean, I think that that's something that not a lot of people know 
that beauty editors get offered free treatments all the time. So I think it's in, in influencers too, right? So it becomes this thing where you're on your phone and you see like, oh, everyone who's like 25, 26 is getting Botox. So you think it's normal, but it's not normal. No, They're getting it for free, but then they share with their thousands or millions of followers in some cases. And then those people start to think that it's, you know, so there's like something I, know. I feel like a little bit toxic about it. I don't even believe in the term preventative no. Botox. It's just Botox. It's just Botox. And I, and I know I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't free and right. it's temporary. So it's like, it's not a big choice. Yeah, no, You're I like, mean, okay, this is going to wear off. But no, I think when I turned 30, I stopped and that doesn't mean I won't do it again, but yeah. I'm just, yeah, I was just kind of wanted like a break. I have one of those faces that people are always like, you're scary or you're like, whatever. So I need the forehead movement. I can't. Oh, people think you have resting. Yeah. Face. Yeah. So I need as much movement as I can get, like just to <laughs> convey that I'm not like evil. Um, but no, I love clear and brilliant. Um, and that one's just easy, yeah. just not, not downtime. How often do you do it? It's kind of like you just have to have the right, to, especially in LA, like if it's going to be really sunny, you don't want to do it because you don't want to. The sun here You don't want to be on the sun. so intense. Now, manicure, like. Oh yeah. Okay. Like all of, the, because all of these things take so much time. They take so yeah, much scheduling. Do. It's a lot. I think I have a mega fixation around having to have nails like in a specific state. Like I can't have, I can't have no nails. You can't do no nails. No, okay. I can't have no manicure. Okay. But I see people with no manicure just raw out <laughs> in the world. And I wish because it would make your life like. So, and also, I don't know if these lamps are like going to make my hands look 50 years oh, older right, than my UV face. Lamps that I don't we know. All put our hands in. I mean, they probably aren't good for our hands. They're probably not good. You know what? When I was last getting a manicure, I saw someone who had the like fit, like the gloves and I was like, I should just get this. It's a good idea. Why would I, I bought not? them. I bought them and I lost them, but they're probably a good idea. I mean, potential area for you to innovate, right? Yeah. That could be an <laughs> interesting of product. Fingerless gloves. Yes. And for driving, I tried to do it for driving and it was just like, come on, am I going to really put this on every time? I know. I know. But like we could, but okay. So you always get your nails and you have like yeah. a stand, you're like a standing appointment type of girl. Yeah. Well, every time I do, I, I go see, um, my nail tech's name is Zoe and her salon is called Red Polish in K-Town. I feel like I see and meet a lot of cool nail techs that I met through my old job. And yeah, it just feels very important for my well-being. You just like always I have, have to have a manicure. Yeah. I don't always have a manicure, but I feel better when I have one. Yeah. Right. Because you just are always your hands are in front of you and you're typing. And yeah. Has there ever been like a beauty mistake that you yes. made? <laughs> <laughs> talk, Immediately, talk yes. Talk to me about Every it. time I get my makeup done or my eyebrows done, the, the person goes, oh, did you get microbladed? Because I have a red, I have no, red. I know I have microblading oh. as well. No, and I'm laughing because I get that question too. They'll yeah. be like, oh, it's like, and they can't shape it. They can't, but I, I well, like. Well, yours is good, yeah. I like having microblading because I really had no eyebrows. I can see you have, you didn't need microblading. No, again, it was free. And I was like, hell yeah. And I probably got it like three times in one year, which oh, wow. is not a great idea. And so, it, you know, on my skin, it faded out red. Mm -hmm. So there's like just a red residue underneath my eyebrow hair. go away? I mean, maybe not. I, I bet a tattoo laser, a laser for tattoo removal would probably do it, but I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So microblading is your... Yeah, regret. I think the microblading was a regret. I think I had bad fillers at one point. Um, did you feel like your fillers migrated or they made your face look unnatural? What didn't you like about fillers? Because I think it's really important to talk about filler regret because everyone's so like filler happy. Yeah. And well, it's a look. I mean, I I actually hear a lot from young people like they kind of love the like they do the cartoon look. And again, it's temporary. So as long as it's is it temporary though? Because I feel like there's I've seen some scans, I've seen some things that show true. that filler does not ever totally go away. That's true. It really depends how your body metabolizes it. And yeah. you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But I think there's a, there seems to be a movement of people either talking about doing less, doing less. Yeah. I think I got filler happy when it was just first available and I was probably 26. What were you filling? Oh, big, Big lips, big, everything. Every, just, yeah. Yeah. It seems like you have a very experimental approach to beauty. Yeah. I never thought about it that way, but yes, I think that it is truly just fun and, yeah. and you can experiment with how you look and change how you look. And that's why I think the hair was fun. Cause it's just like, why not? Why not change it? I had a wolf cut for a while that, that didn't land as well with people. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, but I do think it's so important to like allow yourself to have fun with beauty. Now you are in rooms and you have to present to investors and you have yeah. to be taken quite seriously often. You're also a boss. I mean, how, how large is your team? We've got 70 people or so across all the brands. Wow. But like a 70 person team, I mean, that's, that's big. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you want to be taken seriously as a leader. Do you ever feel like you have to temper your beauty choices to be taken seriously in certain rooms or in certain situations? I feel like that's such a good question because I do kind of remember seeing like maybe a previous generation of like women in certain positions and it was always a blazer or a bob. Always. And that's just not who I am. Mm -hmm. And I've been in other jobs where I feel like I did have to fit a certain look. And I kind of think like, that's just not what I'm going to do at this point. And also if it can make someone else on the team feel like they don't have to have a bob or a blazer. And also if that's your look, cool. But if it's not, and you're trying to make it your look. Is anyone's look really a bob (laughs) and a blazer? Is that anyone's true self? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I was just never like a minimalism girl. And Mm -hmm. especially when that seemed really important, like especially in the trend cycles of like, remember like the trend cycles around the perfect wardrobe, like you have to have the perfect black pant and purse. And it's just like, I don't want to even wear those things. I don't think like, I think there's a lot more freedom maybe post pandemic when people were kind of fuck it and start (laughs) over reset. Like sometimes we don't get dressed. Um, Right. So I think that's, I hope that if I can just look and dress how I want, that maybe the younger people on the team can feel like they are able to as well. Sure, sure. And I mean, I think it's also, you know, I know you have a diverse team. I think so often, I'll speak specifically for black women, we don't feel like we can show up to work with the long nails, with the, because it's like, one, it's like, if you change your hair too often, people are going to start asking you like, oh, like your hair is, it's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's not a conversation. I also think it's super hypocritical. Sometimes you see like the casting choices are one way and then the team is a totally different way. It's like, there's a lot more to this than casting. Casting is like so, so many Interesting. Yes, you know, I mean, and and obviously in your position, you're not going to ever denigrate or speak ill of any other brands. But um, like, I think the Tarte drama is interesting to see because as you like peel back the layers, it like, as it turns out, like the team is not very diverse. They've always kind of had these issues. Um, and some brands are able to put up a front through casting and marketing that they are one way and the internal team is very different. But I find that the authenticity, like you can always feel when it's forced, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think the team does come through, especially if it's a relatively small team where you're like, I can tell who's making this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what trend cycle era do you think we're in now in the beauty space? Um, I think maximalism. I mean, it's cool to see, it's cool to see people being really expressive mm-hmm. and like color, visible makeup, yes, like jewelry, hair, just a lot. And, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun and playful time that I hope carries over into whatever is next yeah. because I've definitely lived through, I mean, doing backstage beauty, every single look being like, it's a French girl. It's a no makeup yeah. makeup. It's like, oh yeah, yes, that's very beautiful. But like, yeah, right. What makeup do you like? I like this. Well, for skin, I just use this thing, this like Korean brand from Amazon. It kind of looks like an ointment. I don't even know the name of it. (laughs) It's not very sexy. (laughs) But for me, like, is there like lip glosses you like, eyeliners? Like what's your like go-to makeup? Oh yeah. Um, I'll fill in my brows. I'm always always going to fill them in. I use, oh my God, what is the pencil? The Kosas one. Speaking of Kosas, Kosas brows and then lip. I have like a bunch of lip liners. Lip liners are very clutch. Lip liners are so fun and satisfying. Yeah. And I do like anytime someone has one of those tips on TikTok of like, draw it here and then here. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll try it. And like a hundred different lip balms. Okay. And like- Which lip balms have really impressed you? I think that using the- Things that are called sleep masks, using those as lip balms or lip masks. Like, what yeah, is a lip Laneige. mask? Yeah, just it's a lip balm. Yeah. The Laneige. Actually, NARS makes a good one. But I also really like the um, balm sticks from Dead Cool because they're kind of like adult lip smackers. Oh, I haven't tried those, but I've seen them. The flavors are fun if you're okay. if you're into that kind of thing. But yeah, that's one. I like trying like, you know, they're the low risk products where like if the worst thing that happens is it's not that hydrating, like I'll live. Whereas some with skincare, it's like a little more high stakes. 
Yeah, especially with some of the price points for skincare. I mean, I um, I just interviewed the director of research for Paula's Choice and we were talking about luxury skincare and he was just really breaking down like at a certain point, you're really paying for the packaging. That's why I love the transparency with, yeah, you know. Yeah, to skin. That yeah. It's really great. And we always wanted to, I mean, with Starface early on when we launched, it was like a D2C moment, 100%. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to be in mass retail because that's that's where you shop when you're a teenager and that's where you shop when you're a parent. Yes. Like you're, you and the kids are at Target. Right. And CVS and Walmart. And so. And Julie's also available in all those places. Julie's in all of those places. By the way, people will buy it like on Instacart or GoPuff, but they're not, you know, they're not buying it online and waiting two days because you need it immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it would be smart to have it in your Yes. Right. Because is there, does it expire? What's the expiration situation? I mean, the shelf life is like a, a normal drug, yeah, but so we, we offer a two pack now. So and smart. the two pack is like really, it. we're the only two pack because it is a new behavior. And the idea is one for now and one for later. There's going to be a later and it's totally safe. <laughs> right. It is totally safe that there will be a later. Yes. And do you find that men are also buying these? Yeah. I mean, men are fully part of the conversation. And I think they're in the conversation in their own way. Like they're, yeah. they're having their own experience experience with it. And also if they can feel not embarrassed too, that's great. The more people who can just comfortably interact with this thing that's totally Mm -hmm. available, the better. So what month did you launch and what month did this Roe v. Wade overturning discussion come up? The discussion started um, last summer and we launched in October. Okay. So were you, I mean, this was obviously in development. Were you like nervous about how this would impact your ability to bring this to market? So we knew this wouldn't impact um, this drug specifically because it only pertains to abortion, whereas the morning after pill is not an abortion. So it's just not affected by that legislature, which is actually, again, something that a lot of people don't know because, you know, they still ask, can I get it in all 50 states? Mm. Which, yeah. Right, right, right. It's totally separate. Mm -hmm. But I guess the ramifications of abortions becoming less and less available makes your product essentially look more important, right? I mean, in a way, in yeah. a way, I think you're, th- you're just kind of thinking about your options differently. When yeah. you have fewer options or your options change than the ones you have, yeah. you know, are, are that much more important. As a woman, aren't you just amazed at how many people feel entitled to make decisions about our bodies? It's just, it, it just like never ceases to amaze me. It's, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting time to live through because even our parents wouldn't have had, they would have more access than we would have. Exactly. What are you excited about in terms of the future of the company? I am super excited about- Or your companies, I should say. (laughs) I'm excited about things that that we're working on that are, you know, there's things coming out over the summer. Always excited to just learn more about like the customer, the user, the audience, Mm -hmm. people who aren't customers. Like I've- pretty obsessed with kind of the data side of things and purchasing habits. It's like, I don't know. I think that stuff's very interesting. How does it feel like walking around and seeing people with the star face patches on? I mean, I very am. I'm like a nerd. I get very excited. Like every time (laughs) it's super exciting. Yeah. Especially like my dad's a teacher and he was super excited. He told me he saw like a kid wearing star face in the cafeteria. And I think that like contextualized it for him. Yeah, he's like, oh, my daughter's really like made something yeah. of, of her life. And in terms of just like the future, like for you as a leader, how do you want to grow? Yeah, I mean, I think we think about it all the time. Like uh, each of these companies are structured differently mm-hmm. and you learn something different from the previous one. And I think it's like every time you do something new, you take all of those learnings and hopefully make a better thing in the future. There's so much change all the time in these industries, the political landscape. Yeah. So it's just important to kind of like be flexible. And agile and like open-minded because half the time you're wrong. Yeah. And do you get like business coaching, mentoring? Like how do you better yourself as like... Yeah, I do actually. My like colleagues and teammates and I like see the same executive coach. Oh, interesting. And kind of by accident, just because we all were like, she's really good. You should meet her. Yeah. And she's just been really effective. Like I... What does she help you do? She's helped me a lot with communication Mm. because you know, it's, it's digital communication can be a big trigger. It's like the tone that you miss on a Slack message or an email. And then you have the same conversation in person. You're like, that was so easy. Like, so yeah, it is helpful to have, you know, kind of a third party that you trust that you're like, does this make sense? Am I saying this right? Mm -hmm. And, um, so she's been great. Yeah, that's amazing. How do you relax? How do you take care of yourself? <laughs> I have I have two dogs and I like to hang out with them. And like, I have a puppy, so I'm raising her. Um, 
And dogs force you to go outside, right? Yes. That's the thing. Like you can't not walk. Like yeah. you have to walk, especially I have two Australian shepherds. So oh, they need, they, like- they have to move. And then I watch a lot of, I, I watch like every TV show. Yeah. I know. We've really bonded over yeah. television. Every TV what, show. So what are you watching now? Cause I finished beef, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Finished beef, finished jury duty. Like I would like you to tell me what to watch. Cause I I've, finished I'm, everything. I have nothing. I'm like, I've got succession, which we're all watching. Okay. I've got nothing else. Obviously Vanderpump. If you go in that so direction. I, so I, I'm not a reality TV girl. I don't watch succession. Oh, <laughs> And, and, I'm it, just and we'll conclude say it. the interview <laughs> right there, Julie. Thank you. Um, wow. Okay. So should I watch Vanderpump? Yeah. I mean, if you if you're invested in the current drama, like, I, I've, there's been a lot of discussion about it. Maybe I'll I'll give it a try. I love I love to see whatever movies in theaters. Yes. Like my husband doesn't like watch like movies or TV. I've like forced him to because yeah. we're married. But he <laughs> just like listened to music all the time. And I'm like, don't you want to like watch something of people's lives? And he's like, no, oh, I had his, no desire. His brain is so much healthier. <laughs> like I would love to. I'm trying to get my screen time down and that whole thing. I know that yeah. that is a whole thing. Yeah. Um, final question for you. When do you feel most beautiful? Um, I had to think a lot about that one. And it actually mm-hmm. pertains to this because I think it's when I'm off my phone. Like so real. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think. Less screen time, more beautiful. Potentially, there's a yeah. correlation. And how do you set limits on your screen time? I'm always trying new things. Someone told me about this app called Opal that was a little too extreme for me. Oh, what's Opal? It it puts up these blocks that are impenetrable. Like it, once it locks your Instagram, you can't you can't like you you would have to delete the app, which I did many times. <laughs> so that just made me feel worse because I was like, I'm such an addict. I'm deleting, and I paid for the app. I'm deleting the app. So no, I haven't. My new rule is no Instagram till 2 p.m. I love that arbitrary time, but I feel more. I don't know. My brain is like fully formed by 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so maybe got important stuff done. Maybe I'm like able equipped to deal with like whatever nonsense is going on. So. OK, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your just whole journey. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, beauties, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And reminder, I do have that code for Starface. Put in code NAKEDBEAUTY at starface.world and you will get a discount. You probably heard the ad on the show already, but I just want to reiterate that in case you missed it. The code is NAKEDBEAUTY. You get 15% off of your first order. So I hope you have fun decorating your pimples like I do now. (laughs) Make sure you're subscribed to Naked Beauty wherever you listen to podcasts, new episodes every Monday. And I am going to try to do bonus episodes every once in a while. So stay tuned for those. And of course, make sure you're following at Naked Beauty Planet. Today's episode of Naked Beauty was edited by B.A. Kasanga. Music choice, always my guess. I'm asking them for their favorite early 2000s jam. So that's what you hear in the very intro of the show. And I will be back next week with a new episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.